0: Hello everyone inside today's Locked On Canadians. It is Waiver Wire Wild Tuesday, apparently here in Montreal. Lots of waiver news, lots of final roster decisions, and the Laval Rocket have also been in the news. All that and more inside today's show. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 929 of Locked Canadians. We, have, of course, your daily Montreal Canadians podcast, part of the Locked Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day of the week. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked NHL for $20 off your first purchase. And as always, remember, you can find Locked On Canadians wherever you get your daily podcast Google, Apple, Spotify, or if you are watching us on YouTube. Thank you so much. We topped our 3,000 subscriber goal. We are in the process of figuring out the timing for. Well, we haven't announced what we're going to do yet, but I'm sure all of you can guess what it will be at this point. But you're not here to hear me talk about how I'm going to suffer. You want to know who the hell I am. And I am Scott Matla. I am one of your hosts. And I am joined once again by my co host, The Active Stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, it is a cold, rainy fall Monday here in Buffalo, which is great because I'm going to go. Put a heavy blanket on, put Monday Night Football on TV, and maybe have a spot of coffee or something on the couch tonight. How are you doing on this lovely Monday night?
1: Well, I did want to thank you, Scott, for taking the solo episode um, yesterday so that I could have some time with my family for Canadian Thanksgiving. Um, We have very, very busy lives. We both have extremely demanding day jobs and we have families and things like that. So I'm always grateful when people are understanding um, about, you know, everything, like we're always here for each other. And I'm so glad that you were there to do the solo episode and you did a great job.
0: Yeah. uh, And speak of the devil, like things happened in the middle of that, which we will get to Tying into that in our second segment, but first, the Canadians made their final cuts in camp today. Uh, defenseman Matthias Norlander and forward Emil Heineman were assigned to the Laval Rocket today. And Heineman didn't surprise me as much. I thought he did good preseason, but I'd like to see him kind of get more reps at the AHL level. And I think he's a really fun add to that team, and he's familiar with a lot of the players on there, thanks to. Uh, His time at the end of last season and the AHL Calder Cup playoffs last year as well. I'm a little disappointed. Matthias Norlinder is the one who went down. I thought he had done everything in his power to have earned that final defensive spot over Justin Barron. But they, and they being the Montreal Canadiens, opted to keep Justin Barron at the NHL level. Uh, I believe Christian Dvorak was transferred to long-term injured reserve. Carey Price obviously is on IR as it is. And Laura, I, I got to ask, what are your thoughts on Norlander being the final defensive cut versus Justin Barron after this preseason?
1: Honestly, I was a little bit disappointed. I kind of understood why the Canadians trust Barron more. Um, and I also understand uh, why they would send Norlinder down. But for me, this was a how many other chances is Norlinder going to get this year, right? Like, it seems to me that their leash is a little bit shorter with him. And I did want him to have that opportunity to play um, in a now situation, right? The number of times that he played in the NHL in the past, those handful of games uh, weren't very promising. But he's come such a long way. And I don't think this is a setback. Like, I do think that he's going to get more responsibility in LaValle. It's somewhere where he's comfortable, blah, blah, blah. But I would have liked him to have the opportunity. But I understand why, bigger picture, they kind of just trust Barron more. Personally, for me, like, based on the camps, like, I, I think I think it should have been Norlinder. Just, you know, there was always the option to send him down later.
0: And that's the thing is, like, you can send Justin Barron down and maybe, you know he gets it together at the start of of the camp there. Maybe he doesn't. Who knows? It's hard to say just because he started so slowly last year and then ended up having a pretty good AHL season, got called up, had a decent NHL season. I just look at the way this preseason went, and Norlander was more confident, more direct in what he was doing with the puck on his stick. And that can't be understated for things, is that he was assertive. Yeah, there are mistakes there, but he is choosing to do things that, you know, better the team. And I look at the last game against Ottawa and Justin Barron had mistakes. He, you know, has to clear the puck and he threw it towards the bench, resulted in too many men on the ice penalty, just kind of missed assignments a little bit. And I like Justin Barron. I do. I really like Justin Barron as a defenseman. I think that there is a talented player there. It's just I look at what they did with Armia and Lindstrom and some of the other veterans and everything this offseason. That effort and results do have an impact on what this franchise is doing going forward here. Ken Hughes made it very clear is that if you if you haven't won your spot, you know, we're going to send you down. I would have kept Norlander. I don't think he'll be far off from a recall now, and I will have to amend my call-up list, and I will have him ahead of William Trudeau at this point. Not for anything that Trudeau has done wrong, but just because Norlander's preseason was so strong. And I'm also curious, what happens this first week of the season? Who's still nursing injuries? Who's going to magically have cap space? What's going to happen here? And I'm intrigued to see because Lavelle has a lot of defensemen and we'll have more on that in our next segment, too. It's just I really wish he had made it because he earned it, not just because I'm staking my you know flag. I'm still being a Norleander fan, but like he earned that spot there. Uh, and before people we didn't forget Emil Heinemann. It's just numbers game. I thought, yes, Yolonen played very well. Raphael Harvey penard played very well. Uh, Michael Bezetta is the ideal 13th forward on any team there, and they're stacked down the middle. Stacked, but they have centers down the middle there. Not that Heinemann is a center, but there's not a lot of room for him, and you don't want to have a guy like that or Yolonen or Harvey-Penard as your 13th forward because they they bring a lot to the table in this. I think he's going to be really good with the rocket. And I also think he won't be f- far off from. So it makes sense that Heineman is the one that they are sending down now. And that call up list will be at, he'll be at the top of that again. I think he's right on the cusp of being that guy that can play right in the middle six role, but he also showed some improved physicality that I think, you know, endeared him to a lot more people. He knocked Zach McEwen out of that Ottawa senators game. And that was not something I saw last year in the AHL with him. He wasn't an overly physical guy. Adding a little bit of that nasty edge is going to serve him pretty well. Uh, what are your thoughts on Heineman being the last forward cut from camp here, Laura?
1: I thought that was um, a sign. The Canadians, obviously, it's not – I mean, I know they have faith in him, right? Like, they traded for him. Like, he was a piece that they wanted from Calgary at that time, Um It seems to me that they're willing to give him as many looks as possible. And like you said, like he did earn the chance to stick around as long as he did, right? Like that, like it was in his hands. Like his game developed or he demonstrated to us an additional dimension to his game right and we don't know what conversations were had at the end of last season we don't know if he was told to like you know play the body a little bit more or not but it was clear that when he came back he was determined to show something different to show something more um and the canadians to this point have given him every indication that he's in their plans right like so he's like riding on that confidence um, and I think it's really positive. But at the same time, there was always going to be an odd one out. And there are some players where you would rather they get more minutes. You would rather they get uh, tougher competition as opposed to just being a 13th guy.
0: And that's exactly it is Heinemann like Norlander and Barron. I think a seventh defenseman would have been fine interchangeably on this team. It's, it's more of a personal thing. And again, I like Justin Barron. I just don't think his preseason earned it based on I don't even know if I'm using the word meritocracy correctly here, but Heinemann is going to be here before long. And I also look at the way this team is set up right now that Harvey Pinard and Yolonen are playing on the fourth line. There's not a lot of space there. And for a player who is still developing their next level game, there maybe giving them a little bit of time in the AHL is not the worst thing in the world. The rocket are going to be stacked. And because Norlander and Heinemann weren't the only two players assigned to the rocket as of, Uh, Today, we're going to get into more Waiver Wire news coming up in our next segment. But first, it's so hard to find tickets for things nowadays. Like, I live in Buffalo. Trying to buy Bills tickets this season has been an absolute nightmare. And you shouldn't have to worry about buying tickets to your next big event. And with killer last-minute deals all in prices, views from your seat in the app, and their best price guarantee, game time is going to take all the guesswork out of buying tickets. If you need them last minute, they're flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy tickets for any kind of event in your area. You can check out what your seats are going to look like, what it's going to be there. You don't want to miss out on this, so download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown NHL to get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Some terms apply. And again, just create an account at the Game Time app. Use code Lockdown NHL for twenty dollars off. Game Time, download Game Time today. Last minute ticket deals, lowest price guaranteed. We are back here at Locked On Canadians, and we are locked on the waiver wire because the Canadians assigned Norlander and Heinemann to the AHL today. They don't gotta, they do not have to. I'm sorry, my old high school English teacher, listening to this podcast. My language is not normally this abhorrent in either of the two languages I barely speak. They cleared because they are not eligible for waivers, or not they are waiver exempt. I think is is the proper term there. Before anyone starts yelling at me in the comments, it's been a long day. We just had to change a kitten's crate out. Doesn't matter right now. Also clearing waivers today, and the big news from Sunday show, in which I slowly lost my mind in the middle of recording, both Yolar Mia and Gustav Lindstrom cleared waivers today. They are assigned to the Laval Rocket which, boy, I don't know where anybody fits anymore because Yolarmia and the AHL should be way too good, way too strong, way too good at shooting the puck really, really hard on net. And Gustav Lindstrom is just guy. He is your top pairing minutes-eating defenseman, maybe. Like, I don't know. Am I being too mean, Laura? What, what are our expectations of both players there?
1: Um, when you say you're being too mean, do you think you're being too mean to to Yoel Armia? You said uh, Yoel Armia is too good for the AHL, which is true. That's absolutely true. But at the same time, um, Lindstrom, honestly, like to me, like I don't think I ever even noticed him in Detroit. You know what I mean? Like I never noticed that guy. So I don't think you're being too mean. I I just you know, poor guy. <laughs> but like I mean, he he plays better hockey better than I do.
0: And well, here's the thing: is we can't compare players who are going to be playing professional hockey to be like, oh, they play better than us. I would hope so. (laughs) I was a wrestler in high school. I hope you play hockey better than I do. I can't skate backwards. (laughs) I stand in front of the net in men's league and hope that pucks hit me and go in. Like it's.
1: But you know what I mean, right? Like, like I can't really criticize his game because it's not like terrible or anything like that. It's just like it's not what we need.
0: And, and that's the thing about Yolar Mia. And I think it was, and I'm forgetting his name. We've had him out. It was wave Intel who put on Twitter is that we, as a fan base are very hard on players. Yolar Mia is a perfectly cromulent NHL player <laughs> that if he weren't making the contract that he was making right now, we would not care if he was getting paid, you know, $1.1 million right now, would anybody give a crap? And I don't think the answer is Yes. That if he was the 13th forward making $1.1 million, who the hell cares? Or he would have been traded by now. But the fact is, he's not. And he, the current GM did not offer him that contract, nor do I think he would have. And I'm not going to fault Yolar Armia for taking the contract. If you're going to get paid, secure the bag, baby. Like Always secure the bag because hockey can end in an instant there. It's, I'm just very curious where he fits into the Rocket lineup, which has scored a lot of goals in the preseason so far. They put up five on Belleville. They kick off their season, I believe, this Friday and Saturday. And they're a team with a good mix of veterans, which we will touch on in our next segment. That I don't know where Yol Armia fits. And I don't think the Canadians are be like, just stay home, don't play hockey. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they would do that. But I do wonder if now that he is in the AHL, and He can be transferred from AHL team to AHL team in trades. He has cleared obviously waivers, so he is not he doesn't have to be waived again unless he play is there for 30 days or 10 games and plays in those. I'm wondering if with them having cleared waivers now, if there isn't Kent Hughes, takes that last salary retention spot, maybe takes a little bit off of Armia's contract and just gets rid of it. You know, retains. 33% or something like that, and just gets that contract off the books and out the door. Cause he can be they can any team could take him be like, Oh, we'll stash him on our AHL roster for right now, and then we can promote him to the NHL when we're ready here. Uh Lindstrom, it wouldn't surprise me if they just hold on to him. He's the perfect guy to call up, call, send down, call up, send down, call up, send down. You don't care if you're if he plays seven minutes a night, you're not hurting either side too much in one direction. Am I just kind of having wishful thinking here, Laura, or could they actually manage to trade Yolarmia now that he's in the AHL?
1: I don't think they trade him unless they retain salary, to be honest. And you can't—I think there's a maximum of—is it 1.3 million dollars that can be um, buried in the minors from his salary, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So either way, like um, they would need to retain some salary to make it even tempting. Uh, But it's possible. I think for me. Any team, whether he's in the NHL or AHL, would have wanted the Canadians to retain some salary. I think the Canadians just have to be careful because they only have one salary retention spot.
0: So, and it's and I'm actually now looking at, uh, this comes from Anthony Marcotte, who is trying to put together his best guess at an AHL lineup here. Uh, Top line is Heinemann, Philippe Maillet, Joshua Waugh. Second line is Sean Farrell, Brandon Gignac, Leas Anderson. Third line, Xavier Simono, Mitchell Stevens, Yoel Armia, Fourth line, uh, Jared Davidson, Lucas Condada, Gabriel Bork, with extras being Nathan Legare, Riley Kidney, Jan Meshach, Riley uh, McKay, and John Parker Jones. That's a very, very good lineup without Armia in there, where there is a legitimate top prospect in Riley Kidney not even in the lineup. He does say that it is extremely hard to make a choice out of this. And then on defense, Toby Paquet Bisson, Logan Mayu, uh, I almost called them Justin Trudeau, William Trudeau, Gustav Lindstrom, Jaden Strubel, Matthias Norlander, with. Uh, Nicolas Nicola Bodin, Brady Keeper, Oliver Gallopo as your backups. The main the whole point out of this is that there is depth around there. Are, some of these guys are going to go to the ECHL. And the ECHL has already gotten a good influx of prospects from the Rocket at this point. Guys like Miguel Toini, uh, uh Christopher Mazero Ortiz, other players like that. Tyce Melanic signed an ECHL contract today with them. It's I'm wondering that if. Ken Hughes is not just working the phones to do whatever he can. They're not just to help out and keep those spots open for prospects, but also to do right by the player. Like Yolar has got a family. He went through long COVID and some other stuff in the last couple of years. That's been very difficult. And the last thing you want to do at that point is ride the bus in the AHL. And we've seen that Ken Hughes is willing to do right by players and their families. So I can't help but think that something else is just cooking in there. And I just, I hope we get an end to it soon just because it, it does feel like we've kind of worn this out at this point. Like I am, I don't want to bully Yoel Armia anymore. It doesn't feel right to need to do that anymore.
1: I think honestly, for me, it's just, it's such a tough situation because if you were Yoel Armia, how could you say no to the contract you were signed to by Mark Bergevin a few years ago? Right. That was a big thing like and it's not like he could predict that he was going to have these health issues that like you know for better or for worse seem to have affected his game and there are lots of people that keep pointing out you know he used to be a beast before and yes that's fair he was never like a top line player or he was never meant to be a top line player even though he might have been played on the top line but he was a beast like when he was a, he was good at what was demanded of him but that was not worth the price tag that he ended up signing at. And I think that's the biggest thing, is that if you're a player, how do you say no to that contract? How do you say no to that kind of financial security, which then puts you in this position? Like, I'm sure at the time, he had every intention of being worth that contract. But, you know, things happen, and maybe he was just never as good as that, that amount of money. It's not, you know it's just to me, like it's such an impossible situation. So I think for me, the Canadians should be as kind as they possibly can to him.
0: And we will see what happens. The rocket season kicks off on Friday against Abbotsford. I will obviously be covering that for eyes on the prize in addition to other things, but we are not done talking about the Laval rocket yet. We have one more segment coming up. They've named a new captain. And alternates and all that is coming up in our final segment. But first, this show is also brought to you by your friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. If you want to snap into the NFL action right now, FanDuel is your ideal partner for this because you can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you sign up as a new customer. When you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you're thinking about joining, there's no better time. You can bet on the spread, player props, over-unders. Everything on an app that is safe, secure, and easy to use. And when you win, you can get paid out instantly. Maybe go buy some more chicken wings, like I would love to do. So visit FanDuel.com/lockedon and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL, and us here at Locked On. And as always, please remember to gamble responsibly. We're going to wrap the show here in our final segment and. The Rocket are just all over the news today for the Montreal Canadiens, which is a good thing because they are loaded. They are stacked to the gills. And you know what? I am all about that. Uh, They've made the playoffs two years in a row, and the expectations are sky high this season, I think. You have a lot of returning veterans, and you have arguably the deepest prospect group that I think the Canadiens AHL affiliate has seen in a long time since I think Carey Price and like PK Subban, et cetera, were down in the AHL. That's how long it has been. They named their new leadership core for this season with uh, Gabriel Bork wearing the C officially as the fourth full-time captain in Laval Rocket history. He wore the C last year after Alex Belzeal was called up and remained in the NHL for most of the season unofficially as captain. He was officially named captain today. Wearing the A's are Toby Paquette-Bisson, who comes back after a year in LA with the Ontario Reign and a little bit at the NHL level, Uh, Lucas Condada, and Mitchell Stevens will also wear A's for the Rocket. And my biggest thing with this group is I look at the four players they have wearing letters for this team at any given time. Every single one of them was either a part of that deep run to the Eastern Conference finals two years ago, or was a big part of that push last year to get into the playoffs even though know, they lost in the play-in round or both in the case of their they are establishing a good strong veteran identity and leadership on this team Brady Keeper has been around for a while Nicola Baudin is back again you have guys like Philippe Maillet and Leas Anderson who are still a little bit younger but have that veteran experience and then they are just stacked up with prospects Semino, Davidson, Mishak, kidney joshua wah you're going to norlander back down there you're going to have guys like jaden strubel and logan mayu you have young players in net with strauss Mann and jakob Dobisch potentially Caden primo again it's hard for me to not name or not love what i'm seeing from the rocket here and it's an organizational philosophy is that they've looked at what happened last year depth issues lacking some players here there all three levels here seem to have just stacked cupboards of options if things go awry. And I it is really heartwarming to see that the Canadians are putting such a strong emphasis on getting their, NA, their minor league teams in order as well.
1: I think one thing that is so important to the Canadians at this point and um, what I'm seeing from what they're trying to do throughout the organization is the idea of leadership. And leadership is not just who gets a letter slapped on their jersey leadership is a series of behaviors it's a series of attitudes it's a series like your skills might not be superstar level at hockey but your intangibles which is a word that like you get gets made fun of now nowadays like as people look more and more towards things like analytics and and hard data and things like that but like there has to be something in you that other players can emulate and I feel like One thing the Canadians are really, really focused on is that who are their leaders? And it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter how many goals you scored. It matters more just what you're bringing to the rink night in and night out, whether you're able to motivate, whether you're able to speak up even for your teammates, if there's something wrong. Like, I think the biggest thing for me that I'm seeing is that they've got this type of person in mind, and then they want other players to be like that, like For example, you look at who they put Logan Mayu with, right? Like, they make him hang out with Nick Suzuki. He was living with Paul Byron. It's just, like, things like that where, like, players who either make the NHL or players who get called up or prospects who are around the city, there's certain people that they want them to be as close to as possible, right? And for me, like this is basically what I'm seeing. And and you have to start that from the AHL level or you have to start that from as low a level as you possibly can reach. Right. But you have to have that in your AHL team before any of these players make that NHL roster, they have to already have those behaviors, skills, like attitudes ingrained in them.
0: And, and I think that's the biggest thing is good habits and systems and foundations or whatever the hell you want to say start, you know, some people, it starts, you know, youth going into junior, going into college, whatever. And some players, you know, are just, they don't get that until they hit the professional level. And then it is, can you learn good habits? Can you learn to be a part of this team? Can you learn to be more than just yourself? And that's the thing is the rocket have done a really good job dating back to when Joel Bouchard was here, who's now coaching the Syracuse crunch, et cetera. It is, You see a lot of guys that are pulling in the same direction. It's not individualistic things. There are great moments of brilliance. Don't get me wrong. But Jean-Francois Hull has done such a strong job molding a team identity that they understand the system. They understand taking care of your teammates and doing the little things right that help you win hockey games. And then you take that to that next level. Even guys coming up from the ECHL, You go to the HL, you learn that, and you keep improving on those habits. Guys that we saw coming into Camp Lash and then go back to college and continue to just shine, uh, Sean Farrell, et cetera, Lane Hudson going back to college next year, too, or this year, I should say. There's so much that they're learning here, and it's how you build a strong franchise. Tampa Bay did it for a while in their heyday in that they had young guys. They instilled this system in them. They could come up, plug them into the NHL lineup, and just keep going. Toronto did this for a while. Obviously, their core is a little bit thinner now in terms of the HL stuff, but it, it is so good to see. And I, I love that they went with an all-veteran leadership group with no disrespect to guys like William Trudeau, who I think could have worn a letter for the team this year, uh, someone like Brandon Jignac, et cetera. They have more than just this group here who can step up and be a leader. They're wearing the letters. But everyone is responsible to their teammates, and they're held to that accountability, stars or not. And that's a good sign for the Canadians going forward. If they are able to build these good habits and efforts and everything at the next level down, starting with the captain, all the way to the fourth line, thirteenth forward, whatever, you're in for good news here. And I think the Canadians are happy with what they're seeing. Uh, as Laura and I always say, if you haven't been to plus Bell for a game, go the rocket are going to be a lot of fun this year. You can see a lot of top prospects. So you can tell us about, you know, who did you see at the games there? What did you like? What did you not like? You can always tweet us at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter at Scott Matla or at the active stick longer emails, questions, concerns, mailbag questions, whatever locked on Canadians at gmail.com. You can find us wherever you get your daily podcast, Google, Apple, Spotify, or if you are watching us right now on youtube.com subscribe, tell all your friends, We will announce what horrific thing I am eating next in the next little bit here, I promise. Well, we'll be back tomorrow. We have a game preview, an actual game preview to talk about when the Habs take on the Leafs on opening night for the Canadians on Wednesday night. But until then, we will see you all next time.